Hello and welcome to another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. I'm your host, Cesar Hernandez, and today we're going to discuss the return of Liga Mekis, Liga Mekis Femenil, Diego Linus, the national team, and much, much more. But before we get into that, let me introduce tonight's guest. Over in Mexico City, we have the authority on Liga Mekis Femenil. It's Adriana Terraz. That and so much more. It's Adriana Terraz. How are you doing, Adriana? Everybody, I'm sorry we're a bit late, but yeah, lots and lots to talk about. We'll just make it up to you guys in a minute. Just so much stuff. I mean, Martino finally might, might actually make it here apparently this week, maybe tomorrow. Um, we've got Diego Linus pushing the club to let him go. We have the games in like in 48 hours or something. Yeah, less than that actually. Um, yeah, so much stuff to talk about. We thought it was going to be like, oh no, it's just the league starting. We'll just talk about the new players. Oh my God, there's so much stuff going on. So yeah, excited to be here. Yeah, it was kind of fun. I thought it was just going to be like earlier this week. He's like, ah, maybe it'll just be Raul Jimenez. That's the only big thing to talk about. And then out of nowhere, of course, there's plenty to talk about. And over in Guadalajara, we have the central midfielder for Colorful Kit FC on FIFA Pro Clubs. <laughs> it's Tom Marshall. Tom, how are you doing? T-bone. T-bone, over here. T-bone over here. I'm bad ombre on, on pro clubs on FIFA. Bad ombre. Yeah. <laughs> Still waiting for that game, sister. We got to figure uh, out there are rumors. They're very, very strong. I was going to say that it's tweet that there was breaking news that there's strong rumors that we're going to have a, a friendly between Colorful Kid FC and Chilaquilas FC, but we'll, we'll figure it out one day. One day. One day it'll happen. Probably we'll all be about 70 years old, but... <laughs> 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 All right, guys, well, let's, let's kick things off with the big question of the night. And, Tom, let's start with you. What are you most looking forward to in 2019 for Mexican soccer? Tata Martino and um, what he can do with the national team. You know, how he's going to play, what style they're going to play, which players he's going to pick, you know, how he's going to deal with the, you know, the Europe-based players that are perhaps slightly older and, you know, on the cusp of making the next World Cup or not. Um you know, see how he manages that basically. I think I just think it's going to be absolutely fascinating. I think people who who think that Martino is going to kind of cut out the likes of Chicharito, Layun, you know, th- those kind of players, I just don't think it's going to happen because I, you know, from doing a bit of research on Martino, I don't, I just don't think it is going to happen. That so, yeah, I'd say Martino. I think it's massive. I honestly think it's absolutely huge for the Mexican national team, and uh, I think he's the the right choice. And I can't wait to see him in get started and. And, and the Gold Cup, you know, and, and hopefully, hopefully we get the the final that we've not had in the last few editions against against the United States. And Pulisic is there, and, and Lozano's there, and you know maybe even Linus is there, and and you know real have a real important game between you know the Concacaf's two biggest teams. Yeah, Chelsea's Pulisic, you know that's the first Chelsea. everyone's been everyone's been talking about him today and about how Trophies Lopez is better than him. And oh uh, Lozano, <laughs> Lozano is, is a legend in comparison to him. But anywho, I, I don't know. You believe that or not. Adriana, for you, what's, uh, what are you most looking forward to in 2019 in Mexican soccer? Well, despite how tired we all are with all the things going on around Martino and press conferences saying, yeah, he's coming, he's coming, but we're not going to tell you when. Um, I'm, I'm kind of excited, as Tom said, to, but to see that generational change in Mexican soccer. I mean, this season for Liga MX, they actually, um, there's actually more minutes for the U20 rule. So we're going to see a lot more younger players. Um, we're all obviously psyched to see what will happen with Lainez. We've got some like Marcel Ruiz. We've got um, Gonzalez, I think it is, at, at Monterrey. Um, we've got all these like young players that are starting to break through in the league. And I'm kind of excited to follow them mostly. I'm um, Not that I don't care about what the other guys are doing in Europe, but <laughs> I, I'm kind of 
psyched to see what a new generation of Mexican players can do. Yeah, on Twitter, Pancho Villas Army, they say La Copa Oro, Oro period, so they're clearly uh, keeping an eye on the Gold Cup. Uh, at Adrian SGK1 says, as an Atlanta United fan, Tata hopefully succeeding and getting us to the quinto partido. Uh, over on YouTube, we've got uh, Roger Chavez saying Tata, El Danman86 saying looking forward to the Tata announcement. Uh, MV23 underscore says Jimenez. And and, uh, and then we have uh, someone just saying, yes, they will. I don't know what they're talking about there. That's not that's not the answer to the question. <laughs> uh, Carlos Navarro, who says, Tata Martino getting things started, and he spelled uh, getting wrong. So it kind of looks like get tongue. It looks a little bit weird. Okay, so let's... <laughs> but for me, I, it's got to be the Gold Cup, right? I mean, I, I, for me, it's definitely the Gold Cup. I think that kind of goes hand in hand with the whole Tata Martino thing, but I mean, I guess my excitement for the Gold Cup really depends on the year, the tournament, or whether it's going to be another tournament happening at the same time. But I'm really interested to see what Martino deems to be Mexico's best players uh, this summer. So I'm I'm pretty, pretty psyched about that. Uh, no no one's saying the CONCACAF Nations League? No? None none for the Nations League? Oh, we just thought that everyone was going to say that. So, yeah, that's, that's fine. <laughs> none, none for the Nations <laughs> League. Our minds, right? <laughs> we're just so psyched because the european version is also so nice and, uh, no. actually i like the european version but uh i guess i guess I, we're not here to, we're not here I to talk about i don't it. like it yeah i don't like it <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's 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 move on let's uh let's kick things off with league and mackie so believe it or not, the season is about to start in a couple days it's kicking off this friday you know nothing like morelia versus the luca to really get the party started right but uh tom <laughs> thoughts on the new season, what what are you most excited about? Uh, the new season, I'm excited about. Um, well, I think three teams: um, Cruz Azul, Monterrey, and Pachuca. You know, I think those three teams have really stepped it up in the transfer market. Um, you know, obviously Obilin Pineda coming into Cruz Azul, um, Jonathan Rodriguez as well. I think two two great signings, and then Yotun. The Peruvian international, I don't know too much about him, but you know the other two I think are going to definitely strengthen the team and strengthen the um, the depth of the squad. Um, so, yeah, I think Monterrey as well. I mean, Maxi, Maximiliano Mesa, you know, for me, by far the signing of the, the transfer window, really, really excited about what he can do. You know, he's an Argentine international in his prime. I mean, this is a top, top signing for the league. Um, so, yeah, and then... Um, the other one, Pachuca. Basically, they've renovated the whole attack, no? With Ismael Sosa, yeah. uh, Davila, Edwin Cardona coming in, uh, now Well Bustos as well. I mean, I think, and they've got a new goalkeeper because I think over the last few years, for me, goalkeeper has been a problem for Pachuca. So uh, you know, it's, I think, I think they've. I don't know. I'm looking forward to Pachuca. It's almost like they were sick of kind of not making the playoffs because you know they've not made the playoffs for two years, but they've also been receiving this money. You know, they've sold Gutierrez, they've sold Chucky Lozano. You know, they, they, they've con- consistently sold the best players. And so it's now going to be interesting to see. It's almost like they're like, right, we've got to make the playoffs this time. And they've really invested. So, um, so you know, I'm looking looking forward to them. And then the other one is Chivas. I mean, I just I just, I just think it's, it's an almost a new team, this now. Um, and it's just going to be fascinating. I don't think the signings they brought in have necessarily been bad. But, you know, so little time working with the players... Um, you know, you, you sign a player like Alexis Vega and, you know, on paper, you know, he's a top prospect. But, you know, you don't know how he's going to react to moving from Luka 
for big money to a team like Chivas. And, you know, is he going to be the starter? Um, is he gonna? Is he up to it? You know what I mean? So, I don't know, a lot of questions around Chivas. And honestly, because, you know, them and Atlas have made most signings, I think, well, I'm just... Le- These days, I don't even consider Veracruz. I mean, it's just like an open door there. It's like you show up, show up, you show up to the club, knock on the door, and and ask if you can have a game. But um, but yeah, no, Chivas are, you know, it's going to be exciting to see to see how they do. And I think there's pressure on Cardoso right from the word go. Mm-hmm. So I think they've got to start really strong. I think that Tom's talked about some of those big signings right there. Are there any other big signings that uh, stood out to you that Tom hasn't brought up, or do you feel like he? Pretty much cover them because I feel like the I think the only other ones that really stand to me is maybe I know if Tom you mentioned a long list of maybe uh, bringing up Odebelin or Jonathan Rodriguez to Cruz Azul but anything else that stood out to you at least transfer wise Adriana? Well, it's kind of odd because for example Puebla um, announced some of the players but these are players that we've known for a long time like the Susavala so let let's remember that this is a season that actually teams will face relegation and it's this new relegation scenario where in case they're the bottom of the relegation list. Um, they have to pay 120 million pesos or something, so they don't face relegation. So it's the first time we're going to see this, and um, we obviously think Veracruz is going to be last. But apparently, Fidel Curi doesn't worry about money. Who's going to pay that? And this is like the first season where we might see um, Liga MX try to make it to that 19-team um, uh, league for next semester. So it's, it's going to be kind of odd. I mean, you have Lobos Guap. I thought was going to say Leonardo Ramos, who was their leading goal scorer last season, with about eight or nine goals, which is not. not I mean, anyone would want him. Um, he stayed and, but, but still, we know the problem Lobos has had with, um, keeping up with salaries and such. I'm kind of excited to see Ruben Sambuesa at Leon. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a positive change for Leon. Um, seeing as though the team also had some trouble getting people to the stadium, um, last season and, and the season before that. So I'm kind of excited to see what Ruben Sambuesa can bring in. And obviously they have a cub lion. I mean, how, how cool is that? They have a really, <laughs> 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 that, that was definitely. <laughs> Very, very cool to see the, the line that's named after his name is Sambu, right? His name is Sambu, yeah. <laughs> I was actually remembering. Um, do you guys remember when Pumas had a Puma and they were actually like, like show him around, or I think it was actually a female. So they would show the, like the Puma around the Estadio Olimpico yeah. Universitario. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was a long time ago. So I'm kind of expecting Leon to do that, like taking advantage that it's a cub and they might actually control the cub. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about that. I was like, yeah. I can't imagine what would go wrong with the Puma, like, in the Stadio Olimpico Universitario, going around tw- like at noon and just saying hello to people. <laughs> um, wanna, so yeah, yeah okay. um, um, sorry. Um, so yeah, kind of odd that we're not talking about Tigres, and despite having most of the of the squad they had last season, except um, Juninho and Sosa who left. And, and yeah, I mean, Necaxa is an, an odd scenario. I mean, they have some good players, but I actually remember Necaxa mostly because of the players they let go last year. Yeah. I mean, they let go Carlos yeah. Gonzalez, Misa Dominguez, Roberto Alvarado, um, Barovero. So I, I don't know. It's kind of like each team now has a kind of like a story. I mean, you have Oscar Pareja coming into the Tucholos, and it's mm-hmm. always good to, good to see new coaches um, coming to the league. Rafa Marquez's second season with Atlas. Let's see how well he does. So, yeah, lots of stories, like, behind the teams, despite, um, like, what we're looking for, just to see who makes it to the Liguilla and who faces relegation at the end of the, of the semester. Yeah. yeah. Go on, Cesar. Sorry. I was going to say, uh, I, was gonna say I, I wanted to bring up a specific team that stands out to me. Maybe it's a team that I've, I, I've liked to watch them play, like, over the last few years. But is it safe to say Pachuca are now kind of a, I don't know, like a dark horse for the title? Because I really like those additions. Sosa, Victor Davila, Edwin Cardona. I, I was a big fan of Cardona. In fact, I feel like Cardona at his best could be one of the best players in Liga Mekis when he mm-hmm. 
decided to really step up because he was kind of hit and miss. But I, I feel like with those three in there, is it is it a little is it a little crazy to say that they could be a potential dark horse for the title, or is that just is that a little bit of a stretch right there? No, no, I think that definitely you've got to be in the conversation. I mean, I think uh, Moreira, the goalkeeper, who's coming in from Costa Rica from Herediano. I mean, you know, honestly, I don't know too much about him, but I think that's, you know, obviously the, the names that stand out are Davila, Cardona, Sosa, and even Aris Hernandez, no? But mm-hmm. the goalkeeper situation for me is, you know, that, that has been a weak link. And, mm-hmm. you know, Moreira is going to be up against um, Conejo. 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 at this point, maybe. <laughs> I mean, if Moreira's can step steps up and he's a you know and he is you know he's changing leagues as well. It's a lot more difficult playing in Mexico than than in Costa Rica. Um, you know, I think in a lot of ways he could be the key signing for Pachuca. Um, so so yeah, but but I, there's a quite a few teams that I'm I don't know that I'm like undecided about. And I think you know we mentioned the Caxa there. They brought a few players in as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you've got you've got Morelia as well without Valdez. You know, I know at the end of last season he wasn't starting without Carlos Guzman as well, and I just wonder how, how is that how is that going to affect Morelia? Um, you know, because they've been they've been in or close to the playoffs for the last couple of years now. Um, you know, even Santos. I mean, losing Oswaldo Martinez, I think is a big blow because I think he's a he's a great player, even though he's getting on a little bit. And then losing Jonathan Rodriguez, who for me, you know, I know Furt's got a lot of the the headlines and stuff last season, but for me, Rodriguez and the way he stepped up when Giannini left, you know, I felt that, you know, he, he was one of the absolute keys. So I think that was a absolutely great signing by, by Cruz as well, by the way. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just thought it was a fantastic buy uh, considering the age, I think he's 25, 26 as well. So, yeah. So, I mean, there's a few of them, even Toluca. I mean, you look at the way they've, you know, they've lost Sam Wessa and they've lost Vega, the, the yeah. starting striker. And you think, you know, how's that, you know, what's, how's that going to affect him? But then, you know, Leonel Lopez is back and we know that on his day, if he can sort himself out, um, he's, he's a top midfielder. And then they just bought um, Gigliotto, Gigliotti yeah. um, from, from Argentina, who's 12 goals in 15 games um, in the Superliga. I mean, 31 years old, just got a, a track record in Argentina. You expect to come in and, and arguably, and people might not like this, but arguably you've got a better number nine now than than you did last season, and I'm not saying Vega can't become a very very good player, but mm-hmm. arguably you've got you've got someone who's absolutely proven. Um, whereas Vega, you're obviously you know you kind of introducing him, he's learning his trade. So I don't know, I don't I don't think Toluca are going to be that far off either. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What, I, I, I'd also say Carretero as well. Sorry, yeah, just I, was, quickly, I was just going to say about Carretero. Yeah, yeah. Um, they yeah. lost yeah. Diego Volpi. They sent him on loan because he wants to play in Brazil. He, he wants a national team call up. And we still don't know what's going to happen with Camilo Sanves. I, I think that would be a huge blow for Querétaro, just seeing as though how constant he's been for the team. So, yeah, Querétaro is coming. Yeah, yeah. So, it's a, I don't know, this team that actually made it to the Liguilla last season, I don't know if it actually came up stronger this season to try to make that again. I actually think it's going to be kind of weaker, um, seeing as though these are really key players for, for Rafa Puentes. So, yeah, let's I see mean, how Querétaro does. I mean... You could say that Querétaro kind of lost its spot as a Liguilla contender and just gave it into Pachuca just by seeing the signings for the season. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, just La Volpe. I mean, not La Volpe. Volpe on his own. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's been absolutely brilliant. I know he's capable of a mistake as well, but he's been, 
I don't know. I don't know how many points he would have earned Carretero over the last couple of years, but I, I would suspect that it's not even it's... points, Tom. It's a trophy too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's um, you know. I don't know. I think I think they might struggle without Volpe. Put it that way. Just just Volpe, and then if Sandeso goes, then I don't know. I mean, they've got that kid Ake Loba, no Loba. I don't they've know got, too yeah. much about him, but it's interesting. Now they got a couple of kids because now they brought in Daniel Lahoud, the other Lahoud, not the goalkeeper, the, the the attacking player. So they've got him. They got Marcel Ruiz. They got yes. other guys. So I feel like now they're surprisingly a team that kind of like when I look at them I just look at young like some exciting young Mexican talent which is not something I I, I would have traditionally associate with Guerrero in recent years but it's interesting just maybe we'll have like a few more young players stepping up right there and uh, for Guerrero yeah no I'm, I'm excited to see him because of that you know what I mean there's certain other teams that you look down and you look at the signings that they've done like Atlas for example I'm not I don't know I just can't it's just complete change again I'm not sure it just seems like they're just coming from all over the place the signings Veracruz, we've talked about, are just, I mean... Oh, Veracruz is being Veracruz. They're like, oh, yeah, we're just going to sign up like an entire neutral like team. I don't oh, know. They, they have like 20-something foreigners, I guess. It's just crazy. Honestly, I don't recognize some of those players that they signed for Veracruz, and I was like, uh, I'm not going to do the research. I don't think they recognize gonna... the players. <laughs> I'm not going to do the research to find out who these who these guys are. You know, one thing we haven't brought brought up yet, I know it's because they haven't been very busy and in the transfer window, it's it's America. I mean, the only real thing that stands out is that Joe Corona is now back with Tijuana. But should America fans be a little worried that they didn't really make any new stunnings? And maybe if Linus is going to be leaving? I, I think they're more concerned to see if Cecilia Dominguez is going to stay in the team for next season or not. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess it all depends. I mean, they have until January 31st to sign um, international players. You had Pedro Arce leave, um, Joe Corona, and Insaurrale, who was on loan, I believe. So depending on those players and whatever happens with Linus, who was just um, saying outside of the training camp today that he knows his future is in the club's hands, he says, I don't know if it, he's actually pressuring the club to let him go, but he's like, yeah, everything's going the way I wanted it. I just need the club to make up its mind. Um, yeah. I'm so eager and I'm just thankful mm-hmm. for all the fans. It was kind of like like a goodbye, but I have no idea if it's because Miguel Herrera has said on more than one occasion that he that it's just too soon to let him go. I mean, he's 18 years old. He could easily play here for another year and then go to whatever league he wants. So it's kind of like this this telenovela because they're also saying the family is getting involved and yeah. the agent is obviously getting involved. So I guess it all depends what happened with Linus to see how much um, how many like how many other players America will get for, before the transfer window ends um, at the end of the month. Yeah, so but yeah, well, I, that, I don't think it should be concerned. I mean, concerned not not really. Jeremy no, Menez should be back from injury, no. so they have him. Yeah, yeah, Menez is massive as well. Um, yeah. and, I, and I think with Linus, if you look at it, he's like he's not like he made the difference last season. Like, let's not no. don't get me wrong. I think potentially he's going to be a top top player, but r- like right now, if you look at how many games he started, I know during the playoffs he kind of forced his well in the, into the team which was obviously a great sign. But um, in terms of actual making a difference, I don't know. I, I would argue that, you know, America's not going to miss him that much. Um, especially, you know, Cecilio Dominguez, if he can be injury-free, for me, is also a top player. Yeah, he scored um, tw- He scored twice in that one game. And I think we all wonder, like, is this what we're going to see from Linus every single week? And it just... And, and yeah. that was early on the season when he did that. And I feel like we, we never really mm-hmm. saw a recreation of that kind of same impact. Like you said, Tom, yeah. I think he's going to be a fantastic player down the line. But yeah, yeah. Uh, like you said, I, I don't think he was exactly a you know, game changer week in and week out. 
No, the same and, thing and happened think... with Marcel Ruiz. I mean, we just see them have like one good season, and we think. I mean, there were rumors that Marcel Ruiz was going to be uh, at Chivas this season just because he had one good season. So this is like Mexican fans all the time. I mean, they have one good season. They kind of stand out. They're young Mexican players, and we get all excited. Then we think they're good enough to go to any other team or any other league. Well, it it might just be better for their process for like for their growth, professional growth, to actually stay in the team, win a position, get that mm-hmm. maturity, and then seek some another opportunity in another league. Yeah, yeah, but I think if line if Linus can, I don't know. I think I think if Linus can go to Ajax, I think that's absolutely ideal. You know, and and you know you know what's really I found really really reassuring is that he's stressed from day one that he wants to go to Europe. That his yeah. family are backing him in that as well, mm-hmm. and that his agent is as well. And the agent they're trying to force the club. And you know I think it's going to happen. And I think it's going to happen in gen. You know, in the next couple of days, or you know, or or if not sooner. It sounds like it's all it's all on course, but. You have to give America a little bit of credit um, because one of the central kind of beefs that we all have with kind of Liga MX clubs and, and you know, talent get, get kind of going to Europe and filtering through to the full national team and getting that experience outside of the kind of comfort zone is, is that clubs, you know, are demanding so much money and, and they want this and they want that. And it's the Mexican players because of that. Um, but but America, you know, you, you, like, you look at what they did with Raul Jimenez Diego Reyes, and now it looks like Liners, and it looks like it's only a matter of time before Edson Alvarez as well um, mm-hmm. moves to Europe because he seems absolutely adamant, the same as Diego Liners that he wants to go. But it kind of um, it makes sense though as well because America now got this production line. You know they've worked really hard with the with the youth with the youth teams, um, and they're producing good you know good players. Um, and when you sell those players. And it means you can go back into the market, or it opens another spot for a young player. But you know, it means you can go back into the market and 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 sign another player. Um, and you're not, you know, I, I just think the America kind of model right now is pretty intelligent. You know what I mean? They're doing a lot of things right in terms of the recruitment. Um, and and I think they're also going to sign a striker. You know, I think that this window they're going to out, they're going to go out, and obviously if they sell, sell liners, they'll have some more money as well. Um, and I think they go out and, and find a striker. I don't think Roger Martinez is quite you know, satisfied um, people within the club, um, the fans, and then obviously Oribe Peralta is getting on, and Henry Martin. I don't know. He, I don't know. He just doesn't seem to be at that level that the number nine that that is a club America number nine, a regular star. If you know what I mean. So um, we'll see how that plays out as well. But I, th- I think they're going to buy a number nine, and I think they'll replace Linus as well if he should leave. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see see how it pans out. But I don't know. I think gone are the days of America, you know, going overboard and signing these, you know, big massive name players. And I think they're now they're signing really intelligent players like you know Marchesin from Santos, you know um, Guido Rodriguez from from T1. Like they're very very bright in how they go about the um, the recruitment. I think Guido Rodriguez. I think he was recognized as being uh, the Liga Mekis Player of the Year, at least according to to Liga Mekis or Liga Mekis Player of the Season, not year. Yeah, uh, yeah. season mm-hmm. right there. So, all right. So let, let's let's switch gears. Let's uh, from going to to just talk about the transfers to just looking at the actual title winner. And I'm going to put you guys on the spot. Who do you see when actually? You know what? Who are going to be the final two teams in the playoffs, and who's going to win the championship? Adrian, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm gonna say Cruz Azul Pachuca. Oh, that's mine too. Oh, okay, so who's who's gonna win? <laughs> oh God, I just want Cruz Azul to finally win. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I've told it so many times. I want to be able to ride in for for the first time in my professional career, current league champion Cruz Azul. I've never been able to write that. 
And are we just, are we just, just are we just saying that too? Because we would get like all get so many article views, we'd all get so many like, <laughs> clicks on our articles. and be like, I oh, actually believe the in the curse. project more. Like, I'm not a Cruz Azul fan, but I really do like. I mean, Pedro Caixinha for the second time, he came out um, just a couple of days ago and had this press conference that seemed more like a university, like classroom kind of thing going on. He just came out and said, "This is how we're going to play. These are each player per position. This is what we're trying to inspire ourselves for this season." I, I like the project. I like when clubs take the project so seriously that they do the things like Luchasu is doing now. I mean, they have all their players ready for the for the season. They didn't um, ask the league to postpone their first week game like America did. They're like, mm-hmm. we have to be ready because that's the way it has to be. Um, despite losing the championship, we're going to go for the Copa again. We're going to go for the league again. Um, I really like the signings. I think they're doing well. Um, let's remember they were U15 champions last season and Cruz Azul is not a team that does well with the U teams. I mean, it's, it's yeah. just a club that has kind of forgotten that, that, that part of itself. So I, I do like the idea of a club having all that structure behind it. That, that's why I, I, I'd like to see Cruz Azul win because I, I want to see a club that invests in all those things and actually gets a good result out of it. Yeah, even though they lost the final, they're somehow the team that is looking the most powerful heading into the season for me. So yeah, I think I you know, 100% agree with you. I think it's with Cruz Azul Pachuca in that final. And I think Cruz Azul finally uh, wins that championship. For you, Tom, what, do you, what are you I'm, thinking? I'm going to go Cruz, uh, repeat Cruz Azul America Ooh. and oh, no. uh, America win it again. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but on, a, on a serious note, I think, I think, you know, I think those two are right up there. And I think Tigres and Monterrey are the top four. I think Pachuca just behind them this season. That's that's how I kind of see the you know, and, and Toluca as well. We always I always forget about Toluca and Santos. You know, I think I think um, those would be the top seven, and then you know, I don't know, I don't know the the, the eighth one, but um, but yeah, but you know, the interesting thing about that prediction for me because I'm I've always I always put Tigres as, as my prediction. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think it's not that the fact that they haven't signed any players. But I don't know. I, th- I saw things last season that I don't know, they didn't did really just, like. They lost themselves, right? Yeah. Yeah. It well, wasn't the thing. Like it's kind of like they ran out of gas. Well, 2000, yeah. 2018 marked a, just it was just it was just quarterfinals, quarterfinals of the CCL, quarterfinals of Apertura, quarterfinals of like they won the Campeones Cup. Is that really? Is that really anything? That's how we say here in Mexico the chocolate. It's like like. <laughs> An extra thing to have. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. really account for anything. But yeah, just 2018. It was just quarterfinals. Everything. It was, yeah, yeah. quarterfinals. Yeah, yeah. But but I mean, it feels it feels to me like the obviously they're a top team, and that's why I've got in my top four. But it feels they feel a bit stale. Mm-hmm. It feels like other teams yeah. have kind of worked them out as well. It feels like even internally. I don't know if that kind of the, that same drive is there at Tigres right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a big year. For the club, because you know, obviously, this is the team of the decade. You know, that's how that's how it's being built. But I think they really need they need another trophy um, in 2019. They need a league title, and, and preferably they need a you know a Champions League. I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. that's what the club is absolutely desperate for. Um, so, so we'll see. But you know, they might prove me wrong. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if T is a champions <laughs> of the Clausura. You know, um, they're still a top top team. But it just feels to me like. Other teams have worked him out, and and they're not giving him the same space and and the same room to kind of be out past. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're a bit more intelligent now. Other teams. Yeah. All right. So let, let's switch gears now to Liga Mekis Femenil. So that's also starting this week. And Adriana, you, you always do a good job keeping uh, an eye on Liga Mekis Femenil. So there's uh, the rest of uh, the our football podcast. That's you, 
Caddy uh, Torres and also uh, Amy Lopez, also all friends of the show who've been on the many episodes of the Mexican Soccer Show as well. You guys all do a great job of uh, keeping us updated on women's soccer in Mexico. But I mean, for those Mexican soccer fans, whether they be fans who've been keeping an eye on women's soccer or maybe some new fans, what what should what should you be keeping an eye on in the 2019 Clausura with Liga Mekis Feminine? Well, definitely Tigres is the strongest contender again. I mean, I, I think they'll be a, like the strongest contender like eternally. <laughs> um, it's a team that made it to the final. It, uh, they just um, added Natalia Gomez Junco from Spain. She was playing in Malaga. It's not the first time they bring a European player. It's actually the fourth player they bring from Europe. Oh, wow. They have Nayeli Rangel, who came in for the first season. They have Cristina Ferrar, who came in from Olympique Marseille um, last season. Greta Espinosa, who plays with Charlene Corral, who played with Charlene Corral at Devante, and now they have Natalia Gomez Junco coming also from Spain. So a really strong team. They also brought in Liliana Rodriguez, who was the leading goal scorer from Toluca. And it's just one of these teams that has, I mean, they didn't mind losing Alison Gonzalez, who was the star, um, goal strike, the goal, um, scorer for Tigres during like the first half of last season. She, uh, was a U17 national team player. She scored, um, I think it was like seven goals in the first seven weeks of the, the tournament. And she went to Atlas, which will also be kind of interesting to see how they do, how she does this, this, uh, tournament. Um, but definitely keep an eye on Tigres. I mean, they're the strongest team by far. America, um, let go of, uh, it was about seven players despite oh, being wow. league champions. Um, so that will be interesting to see. They brought in, um, a really rare combination of player. They brought in Viviana Mitchell, who is Mexican born but was playing in the U.S. at the uh, University of Tennessee, I think, Tennessee Tech. So it's going to be interesting to see the first player that actually has that combination of being Mexican-born, mm-hmm. but, but starting to play in the U.S. Because obviously we know that they're keeping the, the Mexican-American rule, which avoids um, any player with dual citizenship. Um, so it's going to be interesting. And it's also kind of a, a rough year for, for women's soccer because we didn't yeah. make it to the, to the World Cup. We didn't make it to the Pan American Games either. So it's going to be kind of like a transition, I think, for that generation because not all of the players that were going to be in, in that senior squad are going to make it to the next World Cup. So I hope that whenever they get any games, and we know they're playing the U.S. in May, we start to see a little bit more of these uh, Liga Mekis Femenil players start to make it to the senior team and start to feed that team as well with the U20 um, national team as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the the press comments at the end of the year, I asked about... I mean, I think it's really important that... Obviously, Mexico aren't going to be in the World Cup, but I don't know. Like, is, are they sticking with the with the head coach? I yeah, mean, they what, failed to make it to the World Cup. I mean, you yeah, know, yeah. I mean, Medina, no. I mean, that, I mean, stuff like this, they really need to sort that side of out because in, with Liga MX Femenil, so many... So many good things are happening. Not just when we all tweet about, you know, the 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 attendances for the final, but we and can there's much out. more. There's much more than the attendance numbers too. Even though we all tweet those out, but there's much more than just the yeah. Attendance I mean, yeah. week in week out, the fact that these girls are playing is is um, you know it just boosts the national team so much. And but I feel like the national team isn't necessarily ready because I don't know on the coaching side. I don't know how you can play like they did at the at the qualifiers and keep your job. To be honest. Uh, but also, I think you know, I, like I said, I asked uh, at the press conference, the last one of the year at the federation, if if there's going to be a, a separate department for for women's national teams, which I think is absolutely vital. You know, if if they're going to take this the women the women's national team and the youth national team really seriously, then I think it's important that they have some you know specialized people in charge who who can deal with the the women's game because it is vastly different. Um, the way you scout players, you know, the, this this kind of weird um 
this kind of weird mix that the Mexican national teams have as well in with the way that you can, you know, a lot of the girls come from the United States. A lot of them now are in Europe. Now you've got Liga MX Femenil. Um, you know, you got to be on the ball with all those kind of things. So, um, so yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it though. Uh, the, the upcoming season. Um, yeah, the other, the other fascinating thing, um, just building on from what Adriana was saying is you look at these girls now coming back from Europe to play for Tigres. And I don't know, it shows something and it shows something about the potential of the league as well. Mm-hmm. Because not you can understand if, if a if a player has family issues and they want to be closer to the home, like I think uh, Cristina Ferrell, that was the case, um coming back to Mexico. But I don't think all I don't think all of them have that same story. So you have to think that they think their prospects are better playing in Mexico and perhaps even financially better playing in Mexico than they would be in playing in Spain. Which tells you something about that if all the clubs in Liga MX had the spending power of Tigres on the women's side, um, and then bit by bit you kind of open it up, you know, US born Mexican nationals, uh, which I think is an obvious next step. But then even an international spot, you know, one or two yeah. international spots per yeah. per club, and then all of a sudden you're thinking, okay, but obviously it's, it's like it's like anything; it's just the money being there, and Tigres has spent a lot of money. And on the women's team, they've not lost a game since um, since April. I mean, <laughs> they were the best team by far last season. They just couldn't get over the line against America. Um, I don't know. I think Tigres are, are paving the way in a lot of a lot of regards in terms of what they've done with that with that women's team and and, and the way they attract public as well. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, obviously, you'd have to back them. To, I don't know. I don't know how they're all going to fit into the team, but um, but you'd have to back Tigres to be champions. Yeah, and even even though we didn't, or we, I should say, Mexico, Mexico didn't qualify for the Women's World Cup, I think with more of a focus on women's soccer this year, hopefully Liga Mekis Femenil gets more recognition as well. Due to, like, I mean, you've already, I've already seen plenty of, like, a, a, a Twitter post recently about people hyping up the Women's World Cup and folks in women's soccer. So hopefully a little bit of that will will help Liga Mekis Femenil. And like Tom said, too, I think it's, it's much more than just the attendance numbers. I mean, you saw the impact that some of those girls who are involved in Liga Mekis Feminine had at the U-17 Women's World Cup, too, and just making that run to the final. So hopefully we'll, we'll be seeing more of that. I just wish the games weren't on Mondays. Can't we? Let's, let's, let's reschedule. Like, I, was, I was looking at the schedule. It feels like 50 to 60 to 70% of these games are on Mondays. I just wish that... I mean, can't you have them before the men's matches, after the men's matches? <laughs> Give them a two-for-one well, deal. I don't know. They did that once for a Sholos game, started, and it was fantastic. Off, yeah. They actually started off that way um, in Tigres and Monterrey, and I think they, they did pretty well. I mean, people actually stayed for the next game, and it was kind of exciting. And after seeing, you know, like Guignac and Valencia and everything, you would stay to see Tigres um, women's team play. Not sure why they didn't continue that way, but I think if they're staying on Mondays, they're actually, they're actually seeing a good response, which is okay, good for them, okay. not too good for us. But um. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's, it's, I mean, slight changes. I mean, I was kind of psyched today because Cruz Azul, for the first time since the league started, it's getting a uniform with the same sponsor as the men. Um, that hadn't happened. It was the only team that had that situation, which is kind of odd, but it's those tiny steps that kind of make us think it, it's going in the good direction. I, I mean, yeah. hopefully we'll see a bit more, um, a little bit more competition by some of the teams. I mean, Veracruz, Santos, Leon, um, Cruz Azul are those teams that really haven't been that competitive. So hopefully it'll start to be um, a bit more, not just have the Tigres, the Americas, the Chivas um, stand out yeah. all the time. Yeah, I mean, just to quickly, um, I think it's important. I mean, there's, there's been stories out about Chivas and 
and some of the players kind of they were going to yeah. be cut right yeah. on the eve of the season, and mm-hmm. then they were kind of they were going to have the scholarships taken away, um, and then obviously the club came out and said no, 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 no. But I mean, they were going to do it. It's just the fact that it became public that they stopped. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, so I don't think we can forget that side. Yeah, they switched yeah. coaches on the eve. I mean, I mean, I think that's more representative of Chivas being a bit of a not in a Mess. good place right now than anything <laughs> else. But but even at Toluca as well. Um, I know there's been problems with within the camp at Toluca, within the women's team, um, and, and you know you expect an institution like Toluca to, I don't know, to be dealing with with the uh, with the women's team like in a better way. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I don't think we should ignore that there's still things going on behind the scenes that, that aren't great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's uh, switch gears now. Let's move over to Europe, and let's. Uh, I mean, we're, earlier we were talking about Diego Linus potentially moving to Europe, but if we're talking about European transfers, we have to talk about Chicharito. What's going to be happening with him? I feel like every day now I'm seeing a different team being involved with him. I mean, all basically all these teams. I feel like I've seen from Spain. Uh, I feel like all the latest rumors say Valencia, Real Betis, Sevilla. Tom, I mean, uh, your thoughts on this situation? Have you seen any other teams? Do you think it's going to happen? It's, it's, it's just a, it's a little unfortunate to see after that first half of the season with West Ham. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things. I mean, it's been reported that he's been left out and stuff, but, you know, I think he's injured. You know what I mean? I think that's why he's yeah. not played over Christmas. Yeah. So, obviously, that kind of fuels the rumours as well. Um, but... I think I think it's possible. I think it's a possibility because I don't think he's kind of inked in as as the starting striker. You know, I think Arnautovic has you know has proven himself that when he's fit, he's the starting striker. And then Andy Carroll's come back now, and for some Andy, reason, people love Andy Carroll. Big Andy Carroll. <laughs> big Andy Carroll. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think he also gets paid a lot of money. So I think if the opportunity comes up for West Ham to kind of get get those get rid of those wages or reduce those wages somehow, then I think they would take it. The problem that, that the club has though is that Chicharito's the wrong side of thirty now. The uh, you know the fact they signed him on a free transfer obviously means that your wages go up. So it's going to be difficult for a team like Valencia or any of the Spanish teams outside you know the top three to afford. Chicharito's wages, so um, then it becomes then it goes back to West Ham, and it's like, are you going to take a, are you going to pay some of the wages to, so that you can reduce it a little bit? So I'd say I'd say it's a possibility. I mean, we know that Chicharito's got this, you know, does move around. Um, I'm sure that if the opportunity to cut to to move to a you know a good team in Spain where he's definitely going to start, I'm pretty sure he'd take it because um, you know why why wouldn't you? Because there's no guarantee at West Ham that you're going to be starting the second half of the season, but. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how kind of Chicharito's career, you know, develops over the next couple of years, and you know, if he if he's going to bounce around Europe a bit more, is he going to you know go somewhere else, stay at West Ham, you know, MLS? Um, I can't see him coming back to Liga MX, but it's going to be interesting to see to see what what he does. Yeah, Adrian, your thoughts on uh, on Chicharito? Because it's interesting, just while Raúl Jiménez seems to be doing like better and better, Chicharito just seems to be struggling. I know, like Tom said, he did have that injury. I mean, the injury, I think, is more of a sickness earlier in uh, 2018. But it seems like it's just things just haven't gone according to plan West Ham. Yeah, I agree with Tom. I think that um, regarding Chicharito's case, he just doesn't seem to be in plans for the team. Um, he hasn't taken the opportunity. I think he's had really bad luck with the injuries this season. Whatever play, whatever team that can guarantee he'll get more playing minutes, I mean, he has to go, definitely. 
I was seeing lots of people that were kind of comparing how he's done in the Premier League to what Raul Jimenez has done, where there's obviously no comparison because Raul Jimenez has only been there for six months. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so, so yeah, I was like, yeah, you just can't, you can't do that. Um, so yeah, um, unlike Jimenez, who I really hope that um, Wolves could actually buy him off of Benfica at the end of the season, I really do think Chicharito has to take any opportunity he can and make it um, possibly, yeah, I think the Spanish league would probably be, because of his playing style, the one that he could take more advantage of. And let's just, let's just see, hopefully those offers will come in and, and he'll be healthy because otherwise it's going to be very difficult for him to find a team um, if he's not in top shape. Yeah. And it, yeah I'd really like to see him at this stage of his career, be starting week in, week out, and to kind of... Because he's got a lot of doubters out there, which I, I think a lot of it is unfair. He's um, had doubters for a really long time. I feel like for, since yeah. most of his time yeah. in Europe, even even when he was at Manchester United and doing such a good job, everyone was just saying he would just continue to be just like a super sub. That's all he is. He's a super sub, blah, 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 blah. But even after he went to Leverkusen, he had that good season. Even after that, I feel like people have continued to doubt him consistently. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think it'd be nice to be kind of like a regular because, I mean, he had a really good season. Well, several good seasons in Manchester United. Then Real Madrid was kind of, I mean, he was obviously going to be a sub at, at Real Madrid, but then he did really well at Bayer Leverkusen, and then he's not doing too well again at West Ham. So I think it's that lack of continuity that's been kind of... Um, had like lots of people just think that he's not in top shape all the time and he's not as good as we all think he could be. Yeah. No, yeah, no, it'd just be good to kind of see him end his stint in Europe, you know, kind of on a really good note. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because it started so, so well, you know, at Man United and nobody expected it. And then, I don't know, it feels like, I don't know, he just feels like, I don't know, he's done big things for the Mexican game, Chicharito. You know, he really has. I mean, you speak to people outside, outside of Mexico and the states, and and he's the he's still the guy. He's still the, the player people know. Um, I mean, I know that we we talk now more about you know Chucky Lozano and stuff, and he seems to be the the biggest player. But you know, if you if you speak to people in Spain or or in or in Germany or in England or in Italy, you know, they're gonna say and you say, oh, who's who's Mexico's best player or who's the most known player? It's Chicharito. Um, and it still is. Yeah. I think what we, we would all like him to just like end all possibilities of playing in Europe before actually thinking of the MLS, for instance. I, I think it would no. be not only for him, but for any Mexican player to just like go back to the MLS, knowing that he could have stayed a bit more in, in Europe, like the same thing that happened to Jonathan Dos Santos. I think that's something we would all regret. Yeah. So hopefully he'll have like a really yeah. good season in Europe. And then when we know he's he's done and he just won't be able to do more, he's reached his potential, then we can think of MLS. But not because he didn't find a good offer from Europe. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and uh, looking uh, at other Chivas-related players who might not be uh, doing that well abroad. Tom Favian is Favian coming back? Is he? Because I, I I've been keep, I usually keep a a good eye on the Mexicans abroad, and I'm I'm not sure if he's started a single game yet for Eintracht Frankfurt. I know it's a winter break now. Seems like a good time for him to go back. He might have started one game, but he's. He's not even the game day roster sometimes. So I know you're in Guadalajara. Has there been any like rumors or whispers about him potentially uh, moving back anytime soon? I mean, there's, there's always talk, but I mean, the, the word from Fabian's camp has always been that he wants to continue in Europe, that he wants to you know, prove himself a little bit more. I mean, I know there's been rumors about Tigres as well, um, but I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I think there's a question mark about his kind of actual fitness as well. You know, you know yeah, his yeah. injury in the back and the the kind of operation that he went through, and and 
and you know that failed turkey that didn't happen and they blamed it on the fitness and then he goes back to Germany he doesn't play he doesn't exactly kind of dispel <laughs> you know the, the the reports that that maybe he isn't hundred percent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm sure. He's, I don't know. I don't know where he would go in Europe from there. If you know what I mean? Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I feel like if you were to move from, it would have been after that good season he actually good half season he had with Eintracht, where he was clearly a good like a key player for them. But I think maybe perhaps with his wages, with his age, it makes things a lot more difficult for him. And because he doesn't have a long history in Europe either. It's his age as well. I mean, he's turning 30 this year. And I think that, you know, is a team in, in Spain going to take the risk on a player that, you know, has got, he's now got a kind of question mark about his, his fitness. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, are you going to take that risk? Are you going to, and I don't, I, to be honest, I don't think many would. Um, and he wouldn't be cheap, like you said, there, so. so Oh, it's a bit of a shame. I think the thing with um, Fabien for me is that he should have gone right after the Olympic gold. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the that was the moment, and then he hung around and hung around, and it was like this. This is what happened because if you look at someone like Raúl Jiménez, he's he also didn't have a great time for for his first few years in Europe, but because he's still only twenty seven, he can he's almost just only breaking out now. <laughs> you know what I mean? But because he's that couple of years younger, um, and he was younger when he when he moved over there. He kind of like gives you a bit more leeway. Whereas with Fabian now, if he was, you know, 26, 27, you might give him the benefit of a doubt and say, you know, if you're a Wolves, for example, or you're a, you know, a mid table Spanish team and say, oh, you know, let's bring in Fabian, you know, and on his day, he can win us games. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think at the age he is and what's happened at Eintracht Frankfurt that you necessarily would do that right now. Tom, I think uh, just the story of promising Mexican talent could be perfectly summarized by he should have made the move after blank, but he hung around. I think yeah, that, and it I goes think, back to Diego Linus. It goes back. Yeah. No? <laughs> yeah, no, it does. It 100% does. But I think it, 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 they could relate to just so many other players. And, yeah. 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 Now, now it's just getting yeah, depressing. I mean, yeah. Should we talk about Carlos Salcedo? Because I, like, I feel like... Diego Reyes? Same thing. Diego Reyes? <laughs> <laughs> What, what about what about Edson Alvarez? Should we throw? Okay, so we know Edson Alvarez. Is there a potential if we're going to switch things around? What do we think is other than what, what do we think is a likelihood of Edson Alvarez making the move over to Europe anytime soon? We've seen those rumors about Celtic. Uh, I, I feel like they, they've been like not exactly strong rumors, not exactly the same level as someone like an IX, where I now have notifications on my phone just in case IX sends out. <laughs> it happens anytime it's like, soon. We'll, it's, yeah. it's, not, it's not on the same level, but what, what about someone like an Edson Alvarez? Just gotta give a kind of like a positive mood in here after talk about some of these players, but do we think that's going to happen? I'd love for him to go. I, I think he's one of those, I actually think that he's um, he should go more this transfer window than Diego Linus. I mean, I think Diego Linus would, wouldn't have to worry too much if he leaves in the summer, for instance. Unlike Edson Alvarez, who I think had on the most amazing um, end of the tournament, um, and he was a national team player. He's done so well. He was such a different, difficult year for him because after what happened in the World Cup, um, you're the star goal, um, goal scorer for the for America in the final. Um, I, I I'd love to see him go. I mean, I, I really don't wouldn't like to see him go to, to the Scottish League because we haven't had a really good um, outcome of how the players that went there. I mean, you had Efraín Juárez go to Celtic. He didn't do so well. Um, so I, I, I'd like for him to go to a competitive league or a league where he could actually stop, like, stop that growth process, like somewhere like, like the, the Dutch league, for instance, as well. Yeah. I'd like to see him compete. I just don't want them to go to Europe just because it's Europe and then it's not the most competitive league and not the league that you're going to get most people looking at you. 
So if it were somewhere yeah. in like Spain or France or maybe even Portugal or, or, or um, Netherlands, I think that would be the most convenient, but not definitely not the Scottish League. I mean, yeah, say the Scottish League for players like a, a Gulli or Lalo would be like Lalo Rea would be like cool. Let's see how that goes. I have no idea yeah, whether that's going to work or not. But there are players that I mean, yeah. they're not going to grow any much more. I mean, it's that that's that's it. They're, they've reached they've reached their potential. I mean, we're not expecting more of them to be honest. But we're definitely wait, waiting for more for Edson Alvarez for Diego Linus. So yeah, I'd like to see them go to a, a team that will give them that um, long term projection and that ability to go to any um, even more competitive league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only thing I disagree with is. Um, about about Scotland, I don't, you know the quality isn't great. Um, I think that if you play for Celtic, which is which has been rumored, know that you know you do get a, you, you play in Europe, you get a, a, the atmosphere incredible, and I think more than anything, you you, you experience a different kind of football. Um, like more of like a like a physical sense, yeah, like really, really physical. Like, <laughs> like, like, like what are you talking? About? <laughs> like really physical, you know. And, and it does it does kind of um, prepare you for for a more physical league. So from there, I think it's a lot easier to, to get, for example, to the to the Premier League. I don't, um, I, I don't know, Tom. I, I feel no, I don't I feel... think I don't think a Premier League team. It's very rare that they're going. And if you look at, um, I know Virgil Van Van Dijk. Who, who played for who played for Celtic, um, and obviously now people are saying simply you know the best defender in the world. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's the ideal move. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying if you were to give me a choice, what's best between staying at America, something like the goal, um, you know, to win the cup for America, um, I'd, I'd prefer him to go outside his comfort zone, go to Celtic and, and see, and, you know, try and establish himself. Because I think, I'm pretty sure if Edson Alvarez established himself at Celtic, I'd be yeah. close to 100% confident that his career is going to go really, really well. You know yeah. what I mean? And if he stays at America, that I don't really know. You know what I mean? I'm not sure. Is he, how is he going to deal with it? If he goes to Celtic, he's a success. And it's a massive challenge. I mean, the quality of football might not be that great, but in terms of lifestyle, in terms of adapting to that culture, in terms of that style of play... Uh, if he if he succeeds there, it's, a, it's for me it's a massive achievement. Um, I think sometimes we think that it's it's kind of easy because the league's not as great, um, and I think that's where the Dutch league, for example, is a lot. It makes Mexican players look look good, or you know, it's 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 easier because of the style of play there. Um, and I think when we've seen you know players go to other leagues, it's it's more difficult. Um, so I don't know. I mean, ideally, Edson Alvarez would go would go elsewhere than Scotland. But um, you know, if he was between staying at America and going challenging himself, you know, in in Celtic, I'd say go to Celtic. To be honest. Yeah. All right. So it looks like we got about eight minutes left in uh, the pod today. I think we, I I, I want to go over because I think we should talk about El Tri in the last few minutes. But let's let's quickly talk about Raúl Jiménez. Uh, hopefully none of you watched his game today because that was the worst game I've seen from him and the Wolves <laughs> from all from all season. But but in general though, that's I mean, not looking at today's game is obviously maybe maybe a little bit tired and obviously with EPL it's difficult because you don't really have a true winter break. But I mean that's it's definitely some good news with Jimenez because like before that when you look at the weekend he got that goal against Tottenham they got that three to one win over them he got that goal in that stadium where he won uh, gold in 2012 in the Olympics six goals and four assists I mean no matter how even the fact that I paid for NBC Sports gold today and I'm just like why did I pay 
$25 just to watch all of them. $25. Yeah, $25. It's, I don't know. Oh. But I, it's a tax write-off, I guess. So well, I guess we'll come, come next year. But but overall, that's, that's still very, very good news, right? I mean, especially when we see what's happening with Chicharito. I mean, I, I think this might well, be well, a very, very players. good year for him. I think it's like the player we're most excited about. It's I think he's the only one, maybe, um, maybe Hector Herrera, being as though he's captain of the Deporto. Um, and well, we don't know what Hector Herrera is going to be next season because apparently he's leaving as well. But I think Raúl Jiménez is the player I get most excited about, not only because he's scoring, he's getting the assists, but he's actually seems to be part of the team. I mean, he came in um, to a different league, a different coach, different playing style. And he he just fit in so well. I'm really psyched. I really hope that they pay Benfica whatever they're asking for, so he stays there next season because he's done so well. Unlike other players that have, um, they've got injuries, they've got like they lack continuity. Um, sometimes they they just don't seem to be favored by the coaches, and it just seems all different with with Raúl Jiménez. Seeing as though, I mean, it, they're I think they're tenth now, right, from the league, right, or eighth or something. Um, and it's not the most competitive team. I mean, this is a team that has faced relegation. They came back up. Um, so I'm I'm really excited to see what Jimenez can do if he's given a, a lot more time at at Wolves. Yeah, Tom, your thoughts? Because he's definitely been a good distributor for the team as well. I feel like that's kind of like overlooked, but he's I think he's definitely been doing a fantastic job with Wolves in his in his debut yeah. EPL season. Yeah, no, I think it, I think it, the other the other point formation that Wolves um, and him at kind of the tip of it is so important to when you're moving clubs, especially within Europe. Um, and it's kind of a bit more unknown for a Mexican that you know exactly what you're getting yourself into. You know what I mean? I mean, sometimes you, you know, some some players are unlucky because of changes of coach and stuff like that. But you know, Jimenez going into to Wolves just fits perfectly because it's not he's not there just for his goal scoring. Because I don't think Raúl Jimenez is a player who's yeah. you know going to bang in 25 goals a season. You know, I think he's a player that works extremely hard, that is technically very yeah. gifted, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. brings other players into the game, that can hold up the ball, you know, um, and, and he's a real team player. And I think that he fits in exactly with what kind of Wolves need in that position. They don't they don't need a, a Chicharito-style player who, you know, who's always looking to get in behind, you know, stuff like that. They, they want someone who, who kind of can create space as well and drop deeper and, 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 and open up space for the for the wingers to, to move into. So, uh, yeah, my only worry about um, Raul Jimenez there is, what is it? They're asking for 38 million euros. Yeah. I mean, that's the, I mean, so that's a lot of money. But Wolves, have, um, they've already splashed a lot of cash, like on a lot of these yeah. players. They're, they're, they're capable of doing this, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. All I'm saying is he needs to keep it up. <laughs> you, know <what> yeah. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because before that decision is made, because um, they'll look at it and they'll look at his age, you know, 27, 28, and they'll be thinking, you know, can we get a 24-year-old in for for half the price? You know, mm-hmm. um, and there will be decision to make. If it was if it was 10 million, 15 million, even 20 million, it'd be yeah. There you go. There's your money. You know, but 38 million euros is is a lot of money. You know, let's not. You know, it would be it would be the record by far, no, for a Mexican player. Yeah. No, I, I definitely because who who was what was the record before that? I forget. Uh... Probably Chucky, right? Herrera, no? Was it? Yeah. Yeah, I think Chucky. Yeah, Chucky. Okay. Well, uh, we'll we'll look that up later. I I, I should have (laughs) probably known that before actually asking that. But uh, but let's wrap (laughs) things up with the last few minutes talking about El Tri. Um, It's officially announced that Paraguay is going to be taking on Mexico in a friendly at Levi's Stadium March 26th. 
We're going to have the return of Juan Carlos Osorio, but on the other side of the sideline. Adrián, your thoughts on not only just uh, L3 heading into 2018, but just uh, Mexico going up against, uh, I should say not even Mexico, but Martino going up against Osorio. Don't you just love it when you find out more from your team by, like, from other teams and other federations? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, by the way. Thank you, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's just so crazy that we already have a calendar and we don't even have a coach yet. Um, <laughs> apparently, apparently, there's rumors that Martino might arrive to Mexico tomorrow, which I hope he does because I'm kind of sick of all, like, this, like, all the secrecy and everything. Just people. We all know it's a secret. Yeah, just just announce it. It's the worst kept secret in Mexican football history. <laughs> it's um, it's like the office with Jim and Pam. You, we know you're dating. Just 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 admit it. Just admit yeah, it. you just guys are dating. On. There you go. Yeah. Tom, have Come you on. seen the office? You get educate yourself. <laughs> in the American UK region. one. No, yeah. dude, that, no. Don't don't be don't be a Euro snob. The American one is better. If you guys know where <laughs> where where the Paraguay match is going to be played. The same place as seven zero, so Osorio is going to make it back to that infamous um, stadium now. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be crazy just to see um, Martino play against Paraguay against against Paraguay, and then um, Osorio play against Mexico. Um, hopefully, we'll get an announcement from the coach. I'm guessing if he, if, if Martino's rumored to be here this week, we'll probably get an announcement next week, and that'll give him um, at least like three or four jornadas. To look at some players and start um, looking up for, for those match first call ups, um, but yeah, I'm kind of sick of all the secrecy. I just wanted to start working and um, be at the stadiums, look at look at the players, try to follow them up, get to know them a little bit better, and just have like a program. I'm, I'm not worried as much of what the senior team will do, but we also have to start thinking of this entire program looking into 2022, looking into 2026, and that's what I'm I'm more worried about. I, I think I don't really worry about the senior squad right now but what he'll bring in for the other generations as well i know tom it just seems like just like adriana i told her we only have a couple minutes left and just to talk about mexico in 2019 you know but we just have a <laughs> short amount of time to talk about but what else comes to mind you would it whether it be again for tata or going up as against osorio just uh just looking ahead for all three of the new year um no yeah i mean just, yeah, like I said at the start, just seeing which players he picks. I mean, just fundamentals yeah. like that, you know? Like, you know, obviously Osorio had his kind of, um, his, his, own, his own style, his own taste. And, and you know, what, what's what's Martino's going to be like? You know, which which players that maybe we've not even talked about are suddenly going to come under the radar? And, you know, which ones are going to be excluded? I mean, you know, I think I was recently in Rosario, where Martino's from, and I spoke to people at Newell's Old Boys, where, where he was manager and he played. Um, and yeah, nobody's got a bad word to say about him, to be honest. I mean, everybody seems to think he's, you know, a really, really, not just a top coach, but a top person. Um, and I think that's one of the keys, is the union that creates within his squads. So, you know, see, see if we see any kind of that kind of working as well. Mm-hmm. Um, also with the press, I'm really, really fascinated to see how he goes about it. I know that he's already in contact with journalists <laughs> in Mexico. So, you know, how's, how's he going to deal with it? Is he going to go around and do the do all the, all the interviews, you know, with the TV stations? And, you know, how's he going to deal with the pressure on the, you know, the rights holders, Televisa and Azteca and, um, what is it, Univision? And, mm-hmm. and you know, how's, you know, all that kind of thing that people don't really see, but also, you know, especially when you're <laughs> actually covering the team, is pretty fascinating. Uh, because Osorio, I think, kind of tripped himself up a little bit because he, he gave a lot of interviews. Um, he went around a lot 
Um, and and I don't know. I, I just felt like he didn't really know how to say no sometimes. And he had no kind of media manager there kind of guiding him as to who he was speaking to, what the kind of intentions were with some of the journalists and stuff like that. I thought he was kind of left on his own. And um, I think he suffered for that as well, in, in a way. It's sad that that's something that we have to bring up about the Mexican national team, though, right? That that's like a focus to be like, oh, it's not about, like, it's, it's literally not, we, we know that, though. We, we, we're well aware of that. We, we, we're all part of the media, but that's just sad that that is just a part of coaching the Mexican national team. Yeah, honestly, one of my my main worry with Martino isn't kind of what he can do with the players because I think he's an exceptional manager and he's proven himself and and his his kind of resume is is perfect for this job. You know, I've got no doubts about it on that on that from from that angle. Um, my my concern is that just reading between the lines between what he said is that he's kind of you know he's saying that he's he wanted to move on from Atlanta for family reasons, you know that kind of. Um, I don't know, he wants to spend more time with his family. And I'm just thinking, the last Mexico manager, I don't think his family enjoyed, <laughs> enjoyed, enjoyed him being family. And then you go back to Piojo and you're like, well, he punched a journalist because something they said about his daughter. And then yeah. you think about Chepo, who, who got divorced after the yeah. national team thing. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, I it's just yourself yeah. or it's, it's like i like i just like for example like i, I said this tweet so like like thought that like after they won the title he like went out to this like parade and like the crowd was just like yeah thought that from like atlanta and he like did the little hammer thing you know <laughs> that they do in atlanta and they're just like ah, thought that. i was like oh man you have no idea what you're about to get yourself into man just like just <laughs> soak in that love from atlanta and just prepare yourself for what you're gonna see whether it be from the media or fans, because it's just going to be an entirely different world for him. Just an entirely different world from a well, media and fan perspective. The thing is, we see this, like, we see all these problems with, with media and clubs and how they treat the press. And everything. I mean, it could change. It could be different. It could be, like, better for the press. It could be better for the coaches as well. But we're just not, not used to that. I mean, you, you, like Tom said, I mean, he's not here yet, and he's talking to the press already, and he's going to continue doing that probably because that's what happens in Mexican yeah. soccer. But yeah, if you right. kind of educated the press and educated the press coordinators of the clubs of the national teams mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean this could it could be a, a lot healthier relationship if it weren't so so poorly for, like done all, all the time i mean mm-hmm. you have to yeah. struggle with clubs that are not giving you access so you have to look at the players directly but then they don't want to be quoted because they'll get into trouble and then so then yeah it, it's it's just like it's badly done from the start so if, if that could change then maybe the mexican national team position um the coach position would would have to struggle with that. They could actually focus on getting the team to perform a lot better. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a mess. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we see it yeah. all the time. You got Roger Chavez is saying that you know Martino's been through it with Argentina, and I, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. I think with Barcelona as well. I mean, Martino's not somebody who's you know that's one of the strengths of him in the job. I just think what I don't think and I hope he understands about Mexico is that yeah, I think if you go in to Argentina and you've got Lionel Messi. You know you, what you're getting yourself in for. Mm-hmm. You're going to win a World Cup. You know that's yeah. that's your objective, and that's there's it. no yeah. absolutely no doubt about it. You're one of the top nations in the world. Whereas with Mexico, your job is different. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of it's like mm-hmm. it was in Paraguay, mm-hmm. where where you know you're a team that's you know not, Mexico's traditionally been better than, than Paraguay, but he he got Paraguay to make that step up. You know, and and Ike Casillas in for the 2010 World Cup, he said. Spain's hardest game was against Paraguay on the way to winning the tournament. But the problem in Mexico isn't isn't the pressure, it's the expectation mixed with that pressure. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's that, you know, a lot of the time, you, you know, sometimes in football you need to take one step back to go too, too forward. And a, yeah. a, a great example is that is what we saw the second half of the year with, you know, Tuka a lot of the time picking um, younger the players. Younger players. Mm-hmm. And Mexico, what, they lost five out of the six games. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if that was a permanent manager, then I believe there would have been a lot more criticism than we saw because we all knew it was interim and it was Tuca and blah, blah, blah. I think if, if a permanent manager does that, if Osorio would have done that, you know, pick younger players and lost games like that, then can you imagine the intensity of the criticism? Yeah. Whereas when that, for, the, for the long-term point of view or even a medium-term point of view, it, it's probably the best thing to do. Um, yeah. But it's just that's the problem. It's because there isn't you don't have that leeway to mm-hmm. do things like that. And I think you know that's what um, not just the press, but you know the fans and and everybody surrounding. I think I think there's people in the federation realize that. I don't think they're, they're stupid. Um, but how do you manage that? And and that goes back to what Adriana says, and it's it's managing the media as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just really really badly done in Mexico. And especially in the CONCACAF region, they expect you to be impeccable. They expect you to be perfect in Gold Cup. They expect you to be perfect in the CONCACAF Nations League. And, well, in the upcoming CONCACAF Nations League. And mm-hmm. the, the, the difficult thing, too, is just that you're going to go up against opposition, which would be more than happy to sit back and just park the bus and just make things extremely difficult <laughs> defensively. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, anywho, hopefully, yeah. hopefully for the first part of uh, 2019, this makes everyone feel really positive and happy about making <laughs> going forward. But, but happy New Year, everybody! Yeah, happy, yeah, happy, happy, happy New Year, right here. But uh, it's it's almost uh, almost eight thirty over here on the West Coast in California. Let's wrap things up. Uh, let's close things out. We'll have Adriana close things out. Adriana, whether it be on a positive note, can I can I, say, can I say one thing first? No, you can't, Tom. No, I'm just kidding. Go for it, <laughs> please. Yeah, go for it. Tom. <laughs> no, but, go for it. you know, I know we said a few depressing things, but what I would say is that. You know, over the next week, if we get Diego Lainez confirmed to Ajax and Tata mm-hmm. Martino as the national team coach, I mean, that is a, a pretty amazing start to 2019. Yeah. Oh, agreed. No, agreed. That, that would, and, and that would just completely change the narrative around 100%. And, uh, I would definitely, uh, love to see that. Keep my fingers crossed. And hopefully, as I mentioned, I'm going to get that notification on my phone soon from Ajax. We're, <laughs> we're all going to jump so high if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Adriana, uh, we already got some positive, some much needed positivity from Tom right there because we've been negative for, for God knows how long. But from you, Adriana, <laughs> whether it be in a positive or negative note, a neutral note, uh, it's got to be a positive note. It's only been three weeks, I think, since the last league of experiment ended, but we're all psyched to see it start again. Let's see lots of young new players, see the bar <laughs> start off <laughs> since week one. Um, so yeah, let's just keep it positive. Hope to see a lot, lots of um, really good stories, lots of good players, lots of new players as well. And obviously, just keep on following um, the podcast so you can follow up with all these stories. And yeah, hopefully, we'll have lots to talk about here at the Mexican Soccer Show. And that's as positive as we can be. I love it. All right. Thanks again, everyone. Have a good night.